Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and happy new year. Um, wishing you all a very happy and prosperous 2018. Uh, this episode of the podcast is brought to you again by A Life of Education. Alifeofeducation.com is the UAE's only dedicated health and fitness educational website, delivering health and fitness content to fitness professionals and fitness enthusiasts from a variety of sections of the health and fitness world, with talks and lectures in areas of nutrition, um, anatomy and physiology, sports medicine, female development, yoga and pilates, strength and conditioning, uh, the business of fitness as well, and many more to be added in the future. Allo's mission is to bring leading experts from around the world of health and fitness together on one platform to share their knowledge and expertise on a global scale. Um, so again, right now, pre-launch, alifeofeducation.com is giving away a Fitbit Ionic um, which is a brand new uh, kind of Fitbit watch that hooks up to your smartphones and measures all the all the gadgets and the the metrics of your walking and your weight and your targets and your heart rate and all the things you people may need coming into uh, 2018 to start of January, having had a nice, enjoyable uh, New Year, or rather Christmas kind of Christmas period, New Year, and all that fun stuff. Um, this episode of the podcast is with Mark Laws, and Mark is in Dubai giving a talk on giving a talk to, to personal trainers and to coaches, kind of initially on how to survive your first couple of years in the industry as a trainer, um, what you need to do to kind of set your business up the way you want it to to continue, um, kind of managing your expectations, and then how you how you grow and how you grow quickly from the the information that you learn on your course to actually implementing that into a general kind of public environment and helping people who don't know. Um, it's pretty useful. There's some good stuff in there from a trainer and a coach's perspective, but there's also a lot in here that we got into that's good for people who are looking to hire a coach or they have a coach already. Um, if you're looking to hire a coach, you know, what to look out for right up from the very first consultation to kind of how they treat you during the sessions. Do you trust them? How to gain their trust? So in one sense, we talk from the coach's perspective, but from an angle of a, a kind of a general public, I think this is a very interesting conversation. Um, so, uh, yeah, I hope you can take something out of it and enjoy it. We'll get on with it. This is myself again and Matt and Mark Laws. And we're now sitting with Mark Laws. It's been a long day today, so our brains might be a little bit slow. We're again at the Meat Fit Pro Summit in the uh, Jamaica Creekside Hotel. Um, myself and Matt are here again. Yep. And we've got Mark. Mark uh, is from the UK, from, uh, from Norfolk. That's right. That is right, mate, yeah. And uh, do you want to just introduce yourself? You, you, so we're talking just now, and you said that you, you're kind of... A lot of your stuff that you're speaking about here is almost PT survival in a nutshell. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, so firstly, thanks for having me, and hello to everyone who's listening. Um, so, yeah, my, um, my, my angle, if you like, I spent probably 10 years in the industry trying all of the fancy stuff, the sexy stuff, all of the, the high-end, uh, the, the fashionable um, bits and pieces, but what, where I've gained the most amount of success is by concentrating on the basics and working in an industry where you've got up to 90% of people who fail within 12 months, I think it's crucial getting through those first two years makes, the, make, makes or breaks your, your entire career. Yeah. So I, I do a few talks which I say, do you want to have a short-term job or do you want to have a long-term career in the industry? So no, I kind of deliberately pitch myself at a level of education that will get people the skills they need to, to just really nail those those first couple of years to survive to to build a bit of a reputation for yourself a client base to get some decent results with good people and then 
give yourself the luxury of specialising in S&C or, or transformations or bodybuilding, uh, Olympic lifting, whatever, whatever it might be. Sure. Uh, well, so what are the key things then? What are the key principles you sort of teach? Like what, what does get somebody through the, those first sort of couple of years? Uh, I, do, um, I do some work. I do a lot of work with body weight stuff, yeah. which has a few basic principles of with anyone who I work with, they go from slow to fast. They go from simple to complex. They go from unloaded to loaded. Um, and they, they have to earn the right to progress through from level one to level two to level three to level four, etc., etc. Uh, I, I look at um, movements, which is it's not, it's nothing groundbreaking, but uh, like a knee dominant, a hip dominant, push, pull, rotate then add maybe carrying lifts like a lot of like dan john type stuff yeah, Mike sure. Marler, if anyone knows like guys like him like the guy's been preaching about this stuff for, for for decades and um looking at kind of movements not specific muscle groups which i get that bodybuilding is massive yeah. in this part of the world in the uk as well all around the world like people want to to be ripped and to be massive like you can't get massive unless you've got a good foundation underneath there anyway so there's nobody that can't benefit from having a really good solid foundation to build upon most of the people that I end up working with um, as members of the public or athletes they want to their performance is their key rather than rather than the 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 physique look or from the the um, the 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 look of of their their body Um, so so I, I tend to attract people that want to move better so I make them move better, then they feel better, then they start to lift better, and then sure. they, they become a better, better person all around. Yeah, yeah no, I, I enjoy the whole sort of Dan John philosophy. I like one of the things that he said where he, he spends like the vast majority of his session almost on his warm-up, you know, where he spends like sort of 40 minutes just doing the movement stuff, they're getting a sweat, and then they'll do some like heavy carries or some heavy front squats, and then that will be their lifting, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like spending... I, I talked about that this morning. I had um, a session looking at how to get the most out of out of the sixty minutes you have of the session. Yeah. Say, um, if I've got three hours a week with somebody, you're looking at five percent of their week, three and a half to five percent of their week. If I see them for two or three hours, such a small amount of time. So I need to get as much bang for the, for the buck, if you like. I need to get as much value out of that time yeah. as possible. And more often than not, that doesn't mean doing things faster, doing more like do keep doing burpees until you're sick, till you bleed, until you cry. Yeah. Uh, you have to earn the right to get to that level. And usually by slowing it down, working on mobility, movement, grip strength, um, like combining movement patterns, planes of motion, almost some stuff even looks more like rehab type drills. Yeah, sure. Um, but the end result is you have somebody that gets more solid stronger foundations their body is more capable of of more more difficult tasks yeah and then when you add the load you add the speed or, or you add the complexity they find it easier to cope with it not only do they find it easier to cope so they perform better but the risk of injury is always hopefully being reduced because they've got that of that, that that foundation beneath them to, to keep them safe yeah and it doesn't necessarily have to be an easy workout like some of those movement drills are tough like yeah, christ yeah. we were doing all those hip drills yesterday i was sweating do you yeah. know with the gray institute stuff yeah. like it's really difficult you, you can get people really really sweating if you do like a, a good mobility warm-up and a, a mobility session activate all the like the key muscle groups you people get they get a sweat on they, they it's tough and a lot of that stuff carries over. It can be a lot of mobility drills as also can be um, double up as strength drills for a lot yeah. of people. If you're doing on the floor, kind of doing a lot of single arm holes, like kind of a little, it's difficult to portray it over uh, <laughs> over over radio. Yeah, but uh, a lot of different types of mobility drills where you're mobilising the joints. But actually, you have to be fairly strong to, to yeah. be able to do it, and you can you can soon get a, a physically demanding workout of out of it. Yeah, that we're just in the last talk. Um, we were sort of discussing kind of the, the, the human problem of giving things names and how when we give something a name, we say, that, well, this is mobility stuff and this is strength stuff and this is cardio stuff. Yeah. We somehow get lost in that. And it's like, look, a weight session is a cardiovascular session, all right? And it's also a mobility session. Likewise, a mobility session can also be a strength session, yeah. depending on your, your level your of mobility. Your heart is beating, your lungs are moving. Yeah, of course. It's cardio. Yeah, yeah. we're just physical training. Like, we're not doing anything else, right? Yeah. Um, but people get caught up in that. And people are like, look, look, man, I just want to do my strength training. Do you know, despite the fact that they're gassed on the floor, it's like, no, no, I just want to lift heavy and I want to do this. Like, you've just done that, do you know? But at a level that was appropriate for you at the time, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's... Uh, 
yeah it's sometimes it's a real barrier to sort of get through it's massive on, on that note you just said there about it was good it was relevant for you at that yeah. time that, that that notion that i touched on earlier about earning the right to progress is such a massive massive thing to to just suck the ego out of out of the gym yeah, yeah. i i'm very fortunate i get to travel the world uh, and I, I go into gyms all over the place like up and down the uk and everywhere and it, you never get it, you never fail to see some idiot in a gym somewhere just desperate to lift yeah. a little bit more weight form's gone out of the window everything's out of the window just purely to try and lift a little bit more sure. because his mate did yeah. and, and it's not it's, it, 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 it drives me mad but I, I, we live probably in a slightly egotistical world now social media has Very kind of so, yeah. has, has, has made it so if I put a if I put a drill on Instagram of me working with a 60-year-old lady on some ankle stability work, I might get 10 likes. Yeah. But if I put a picture of someone doing a 100 barbell snatch with a 7-foot bar with 50 kilos on it, yeah. I might get 500 likes yeah. on it. And it's because it's sexy. Yeah. And sex sells. And, and that is like the, the, fitness, uh, the fitness industry's equivalent of selling sex is the the snazzy uh the, the 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 silly like exercises that you see that people then look at and think that's the normal but yeah. it's, it's not the norm that's that's the extreme people are only sort of showing you the extreme stuff so just trying to I try so desperately to just get people to rein that in uh start from the absolute beginning and your, your ego yeah. goes completely out of the window it has to and then you just you start level one here's a simple hip hinge can you do it? No. Well, you stay at this level. You stay at this level until you can perform a bodyweight hip hinge. I've got some clients that I've worked with for over a year now who I still haven't taught a kettlebell swing to. Mm. I've made a living out of teaching kettlebells for probably the last eight years, and I still haven't taught them a kettlebell swing because their hip hinge with that amount of um, eccentric loading, they're just not quite ready because sure. from their starting position, their, their posture was was so far off it's just taken so long to to, to rebuild course, course. egos checked at the door and they, they 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 earn the right to progress over over a long period yeah i mean social media is such a double-edged sword in this game because like obviously it can help you if and i like the point you made this morning when i sat in on your talk about the uh doing the invisible work like building the foundation first like you know just sit there quietly learning your shit okay develop yourself and then you can start to promote yourself in such a way as to yeah. you know kind of put it out there whereas so many people particularly in dubai have it backwards they're like right i need social media now it's almost like um that old thing of you start a business and before you've actually learned how to run a business you're already buying the business cards and you're doing your logo yeah, and doing yeah. all the rest of it right yeah. it's the yeah. same thing right running before you can walk yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. let's get the social media account up before i actually know how to teach a, a squat do you yeah. know what i mean yeah um, and that's not just in Dubai. That it, yeah. it, it happens everywhere. In the UK, it's just as bad. Obviously, kind of, a, I've got a lot of contacts here. I've got a lot of contacts everywhere. So I, I get like on my my social media streams. I get a very diverse sort of uh, geographical look at the industry, and it is the same everywhere. It comes down to as well the kind of instant gratification that we yeah. have now. People, people, we've lost patience. We want it now. Yeah. Everything like every magazine will have a four week ab workout or kind of two weeks to lose a stone or lose a dress size everything's got to, got to have a small type because they need to they need to have that attention grabbing to, to get you to buy the product it's too many people fall for fall for shit like that too easily um in england now i think they're even um it's probably even even over here they're trialing uh, amazon will deliver a book to your door within yeah, an sure. hour by by drone will 10 years ago 15 years ago if I wanted to if I wanted to learn something from a book I had to walk to the library I had to go and find what aisle that topic was on I had to then go through probably 300 books to find it I had to go and find somewhere to sit and read it Mm -hmm. I then had to either photocopy it to take it home or I had to rewrite it or I had to remember it and it I had to earn the, the, the information that I was taking from that book yeah for sure and when you've earned something like that you tend to appreciate it a hell of a lot more yeah. anything you obtain easily is easy come easy go so like, uh, technology is brilliant we can't live without it I, I have my, my, my business operates through social media I need it to stay in touch with my, my clients my, my, my contacts my colleagues but it's also technology doesn't half like mess things up for us. Yeah. We think it's making our life easier. It sure as hell isn't. As I was talking about again this morning about 
how much time we have even sit down now. Yeah. We, we sit down for everything, even like our social lives now. We're sitting, looking on our phone, chatting to our friends who are all over the world. In the short term, that looks great. In the long term, we're just kind of screwing ourselves up and setting ourselves up for, for, for failure or, or as close to failure as, as, as closer to failure than we should be anyway. Yeah, we just become blobs. What is yeah. it, that from Wally? Was yeah. it where they were sitting around in the, the little fucking mechanical <laughs> chairs just wheeling yeah. around? That'd you, be you it. know that movie? Oh, I haven't seen it. Oh, so no, you don't see Wally. It talks no? about, it's, the long story short is it's a Pixar movie where, this, where the humans have left the earth. Right. It follows a little robot on earth and the robot <laughs> is the main character. But a big part of it is happens on this spaceship. And the spaceship is like a, it's transporting humans through generations and they're looking for a new planet to co-inhabit or they're waiting for, their, for earth to come back to a level where they can start growing plants again and live there but on the spaceship everything is done so like the chairs we're sitting in now the moves following these little red lines on the ground and everything for the captain and stuff is is uh it lifts the, the captain up it moves him around so they turn into these blobs they look like a baby you know the legs <laughs> and at one point there's a little bit of chaos and one of the one of the chairs falls over and the person falls out and just like flailing Can't on the floor yeah. and then there's a whole little army of robots who come out <laughs> pick up the guy put him back in the chair put it back on the red line and he's back Phew, that was close <laughs> and then like the big final scene the, the whole spaceship tips and they all just go across the spaceship and then all the way back but it's a pure representation of where we could end up as a group of people of Massively. of, of Massively. uh organisms that aren't moving and, and loading up um i just wanted to go back so we're sticking back on the original kind of the two first two years for pt yep. it's the hardest for sure Massively, as yeah. you're trying to figure out your your place in the industry you're trying to figure out what works you're trying to figure out your style you have to shed your ego a little bit you have to figure out what you work we kind of touched on um just before we spoke about like instead of doing the fancy powerlifting stuff how you get your and how you work with your your bread and butter market so just touch a little bit on that like for for trainers perhaps who are trying to go for the sexiness like yeah aside from sitting in your course and learning about kind of get the basics right what else should they be doing what what how can somebody speed that two years up very very good question very good question i suppose if we had if we have a a definitive foolproof answer to that question we'd be sitting here as multi-millionaires yeah. because we'd uh, <laughs> so, I'm not, so I'm not going to tell you okay so uh, look, that, that is a good question I, for me the most important thing that I've learned and again this is just what's worked for what's worked for me might not work for for everyone else but the thing that's worked best for me is when I've I've completely ignored things like exercise selection sets and reps rest periods all the stuff that the textbook tells you you need to know you do need to know it but it is the that's the cherry on the top that's what makes the the massive difference between succeeding and failing is the relationship between you and the client that's something that i that i i work on massively the barrier to entry for most people at, at the minute, and we're, we're never going to get to the point where we've got more gym members than non-gym members. Obviously, gyms are getting more members all the while, but there's more people in the world by probably a thousand times who are not members of gyms. They're the people who who, need, who we need who we need to get into the gym. So if you can build a rapport with people to get them to like you, to trust you. To, to buy into what you're saying and use those skills to get them to come into an environment that they think they hate because there's a reason they haven't come you get budget gyms nowadays you can pay in the UK 10, 15 pounds over here what's that 100, 100 dirhams maybe a, a month uh, well, oh, a month yeah Membership no no at the cheaper like level or the higher four level 500 dirhams four, 500 dirhams that's the cheaper yeah. here yeah, but in the, the UK equivalent it, you're looking at 10 quid 15 quid right. um, so whatever that would be in, in, in dirhams I'm not sure oh that'd be like 50 50 <laughs> yeah there you go yeah. So, so that's how cheap it can be at the minute in the UK to have yeah, that's a crazy. membership for a month that's peanuts yeah. there's nobody who cannot afford that because as soon as the new iPhone comes out they'll find 800 quid to buy yeah. it or yeah. as soon as they want to go out on the piss with their mates they'll find the 150 quid or oh, whatever to, to, to go on a stag do or whatever they can, they can afford that 
But the reason they don't go is because they think they don't like that environment. Maybe because they sit on their social media and they see all the videos of people being sick or the sweat, the mess they, they leave the gym in, seeing them do all this extreme stuff that looks hard. And they, they get this, um, they have this kind of very massive misconception of what, what actually happens in, in the gym. So the thing that I work on, the thing that I try to work on with the, the PTs that I work with is how can, you, how, can you, how can you be different? How can you sort of get onto their level and make them feel that it's all right to come and set foot in the gym? And when you come in, I'm not going to make you cry. I'm not yeah. going to send you home in a puddle of That's blood so and, and vomit. Yeah. You're going to come in and we're going to do some basic assessment drills that you can do it in your jeans if you have to. For the first time, I don't care. Like, as, long as, you, as long as you're coming into that environment and mm. you're, you're, you're meeting with me, all my new clients who I see now, I meet them in a coffee shop in yeah, town sure. away from the gym environment I wear my like, chinos and a polo shirt my casual attire so they get they sit there and they realise actually this guy he's not a complete dickhead he's not a complete arsehole he's not a drill sergeant he understands me he's interested in me and he hasn't yet told me anything about him it's not about yeah, it's not sure. about me it's about them sure and that that, that is God, if you can if you can learn that skill, which is a difficult skill, because these are like personal skills now that you mm. can't learn from a textbook. You learn it from trial and error and from developing a bit of charisma, some empathy, uh, or, or whatever other skills you need. And but it's it's crucial because that person now buys into you because you've shown that you care about them. Sure. You don't just you're not just desperately trying to get their money off them. And then can you can you give me your, your mate's phone numbers? Have you got mm-hmm. any leads? Can you send me some leads? Like, you, you, don't, you don't give a shit about them. All you give a shit about now is where's the next where's yeah. the next yeah, of course. 50 quid coming from for the next session. And I, I just kind of flip that on its head. I, for for my, my clients, I, all I care about is them getting better. I even say to my clients that, because again, the textbooks will tell you, you need to try and keep a client for, for life. You need to yeah. try and find a way of how you can keep it forever. I tell my guy, my, the, my potential clients on day one that I'm going to educate them throughout everything we do to the point where they don't need me. Yeah. Sure. I live in a tiny little town. The population of my town is, I think, 6,000. Right. Tiny. There's probably buildings in Dubai that have got more people, <laughs> more people living yeah, in absolutely them. Right. So, so I, I live in a tiny, tiny, tiny town. And I'm one man, I only work a limited number of hours with the amount of traveling and, and stuff that I do, like coming out here for stuff like this. So I need to see as many people as possible within my community within a small space of time. So I can't afford to have one client for two years yeah. because I can only see so many at once. So I, I make it clear to them that I'm going to empower them, give them the confidence and the competence and the education so that within three, six, nine, twelve months, there'll come a point where they don't need me because yeah. I'm going to make them so good that they, they don't need me. They can go sure. to the gym and do it by themselves. The, the long and the short of that is that by the end of that period of time, they can't live without me. Yeah. So it kind of works. I, I, that wasn't my intention by doing it, but like the, the, the reverse, it wasn't a reverse psychology. Yeah. But I tell them from the start that I'm going to teach them that they're going to not need me but in the end that, yeah. that then develops a culture whereby they, they can't leave yeah we see the same thing in our small group training and almost because it is the small group training where it's like do you know what I don't necessarily need you I mean maybe I need you for the programming uh, slight things but I just enjoy being with you and yeah. having being coached by you and I enjoy the other people in my small group so it's just I'm seeing my mates do you know Which, that comes full circle back to what I said about your exercise selection do I do three sets of eight or four sets of ten yeah. do I do a hex bar deadlift or a straight bar deadlift what's the difference I'm like I don't give a shit about any of that can you come to the gym twice a week, three times a week? Can you be here at 6 a.m. with these other seven people and just get to know them, get to like them? Yeah. And, and can, can you do the basics really well? Then can we progress it? Then, in time, we can worry about the, the, the small nuances of the tweaks and the change. But at the minute, none of that, none of that makes, it, make, makes a difference. We're worrying about the wrong things, barking up the wrong tree, because... You need to develop a, the, the culture within within the group where they actually they don't need you for for the the, the, the cherry on the top the the sets and the reps and the the exercise selection they need you because you've built a community and a culture yeah. that they now can't live without it's like yeah. part of their life there's um they they sort of say how um there's a, there's a, a brand of gyms like little boutique gyms in the UK called the Third Space right. and there's there's that argument that people have 
one space is their home the second space is their work yeah, sure. and the gym is potentially the third yeah. place yeah, where yeah, people yeah, yeah. live their lives and I, I, I kind of try to build that, that culture that community whereby it becomes that that social I'm looking at like the social the personal yeah, uh, the sure. emotional the emotional attachment then yeah. they're not going to leave then I can add kettlebell swing when they're ready I can add a back squat when they're ready I can test someone's one rep max when they're ready but now because I've built all that the, the, the foundations the, I've done the, the, the hard bit they, they believe everything I say they trust me they buy into me they've got a group, good network yeah. and that's that is it's fucking indestructible like you, yeah, you really can't is. like that's how we've we've migrated away from the one on one stuff yeah. towards small group mainly because we don't have a facility we're freelancing in, in a couple of different places so it's not us it's not our brand on the door it's not our name on the door so it can't be about us when that people are coming to the gym they're not coming for our decor and our they're coming we need to make something more because it's not going to be me either as a person because in a one-on-one relationship eventually the relationship kills the progress like you've got a client you see them year after year <coughs> Eventually, you either become friends or you just you just get mm. bored. You just have to fill the time yeah. in between sets with this. It's hard work. If it's the start of the week, it's how was your weekend. If yeah. it's the middle of the week, it's like how was work. If it's the end of the week, it's any plans for the weekend. And you do that three times a week, every week for the whole year. Yeah. And then they just kind of, life gets in the way. Their budget changes. They're paying a lot of money for it. They just decide, look, you know what? I'm gonna, you've taught me a lot. I'm going to go by myself. And now I've got to go back and become a salesman and fill that time with, with, with another clients and i got to start the whole process again get to know them and, and and everything that goes with that the small group stuff people come in they're still doing their own program they're still f- ch- channeling their kind of working to their strengths but they're coming in at a time when they know that there's going to be other people there who equally don't want to be in the gym because it's not a comfortable place to be you have to just push yourself out of your comfort zone you have to you have to burn your legs you have to push your heart rate where your brain's going to pop you have to do all these things that you just you don't want to do it so there's a list there's a longer list of reasons why not to go yeah. than just I want to have a six pack don't really care about a six pack today I'm going to stay in bed I need to feel good f- for work well I could just stay in bed alright well look how about this there's four other people there who are getting out of bed at the same time who you yeah. know and you like and you enjoy spending your hour with so get out of bed come down I'll be there if you're not in a good mood, no big deal. I'm not going to be sitting facing you, counting your reps, yeah. telling you to come. I'm going to go speak to the other guys. And when you've done a few stretches, when you've started your first couple of sets, if you start to feel better as a coach, I'll pick up on it. And now we'll gravitate back towards you and we'll get you going. Mm-hmm. But if you really don't want to talk, like I had a guy last week and he came in the first three sessions a week. First two sessions, he didn't say a word. And in the second session, I said to him, I was like, geez, you're, you're pretty quiet. Like, what's happening? He's like, oh, just work. And I gave him the benefit of that. You know, fair enough. At least he's here. The gym was packed. He's uh, not said a lot. He's doing his thing. He's back to the program. He's doing his tinning. He's checking his program. And then he still didn't say anything, which was unusual for him. By the end of the session, he was sitting on his phone, you know, and like, like 10 minutes left in the session. I sort of like, all right, let's not grind his gears here. There is something going on. Um, the, the last session of the week, he came in. Hello, da, 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 da. all right, mate. What's going on? Yeah, geez, you, I said straight away, "Geez, you're much more lively today." And he's like, "Oh, mate, work." And I just had a conversation with another girl about the benefits of, of the group, and I said to her, again, "I was like, this is the benefit of why we're here in this situation because the last couple of days he was having a shocker, but I wasn't sitting there. I was like, Didn't watch, make it I was worse. Like, yeah, watch <laughs> what happens in a one-on-one. Yeah. All right, go.' And we, I made him do his first set, and I was like, "Yep, two more. Last one, good." Mm. I just stood staring at him. And he's looking at me and he's like, what? And I was like, any plans for the weekend? And he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, this is what happens in a yeah. one-on-one. Like, we have, to, we have to fill this time now. We've got about two minutes before you can go back to doing that. Yeah. And when you're in a foul mood, you don't want to see it's me. I know you don't. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, like, I totally get that. And, and as well, if he does something, let's say, because if you're doing your job properly, you're going to be picking up on coaching points and cues that you can improve and enhance his movement so if he's doing his back squat and he like he gets to number 10 and you're like yeah that was good but on the next set try and keep your shoulders back and your head up a bit more yeah. you've just given him another problem he's got yeah. enough problems already and you're <laughs> yeah. if you're just keep your heels flat on the floor don't know, keep your chest up and you're like 
you're just giving him more and more problems yeah. and it's making it worse and you you kind of um, you've touched on there again some of the stuff that I was talking about earlier about the coaching skills the soft skills being able to read someone's yeah. their, so from, their, from their from their body um, the way they're, they're holding themselves their their behaviour their language um, the, like the, the energy they're giving off and in that one-to-one environment is I, I genuinely believe one-to-one training is is dying massively yeah I very much it, so, yeah. i don't think it'll ever die completely because there'll always be some people that want that one-to-one attention because they yeah. prefer it but with financial um situation globally is becoming harder a lot of yeah. people are struggling you guys over here might even have to start paying tax soon oh, oh jesus no. jesus not Christ. Christ. On this podcast. Like that. <laughs> the population of about 47 <laughs> next year when i come yeah. back like, where have the 10 million people gone yeah um gone to monaco um, yeah so like the the world's changing and like we have to people are people are be careful with their their money now because again easy come easy go and um it it just makes so much more sense to go in that that small group yeah but the accountability is 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 massive and i'll i'll give you a i'll give you an example of so i'm sitting here now obviously it's saturday today but yesterday i was giving a talk uh, at half eight in the morning so the uk time that's half five um, so my talk went on for an hour. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I run a six o'clock session. So obviously I was away on Wednesday and I was away on Friday for this event. So I was missed two sessions. My clients all play, they all pay in monthly blocks. So if I'm away for two sessions, they're not getting their, their sessions in. Very difficult to find someone in a small town that can deliver a session to the, the standards that I expect. Um, so one of the guys said to me, he said, give me the key to the gym. So I gave him the key to one the your gym. clients. Yeah, one of the clients. Yeah. So I gave him the key to the gym. I told him the alarm code, and it's happened three times now when I've been away either to Dubai, to Germany, and to the Philippines, where they meet in the car park outside the gym at quarter to six in the morning. They unlock the door. They turn the lights on. They turn the alarm off. They they go and do their. They have a little chat while they're walking on a treadmill, sitting on a cross trainer. They get their bands out. They do their activation work. They get their. They do their mobility drills. They have a chat. They they get their folder out with their individual sheets. Because I've go back to what I said, where I'm going to teach them to not need me. They now don't need me. Yeah. Um, And they go in there. They do their own sessions. They take pictures. They post it on Instagram. They tag me in it. And as I was giving a lecture yesterday morning about. How to how to get your your clients to 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 get better results at the exact same time two thousand miles away there was eight people yeah yeah doing their session and they didn't need me that's good sure. that's it's great it's worked like that that's the culture and every single one of them was there because just because I wasn't here they could yeah. have a lay in yeah but they didn't want to let the others down yeah that's that the culture the community it's taken me a long time to build that up yeah yeah but yeah. if you build that up that is that is gold dust it's sure. it's, it's unbreakable yeah um, and then the financial stuff comes as a result of yeah, having of multiple groups that, that operate like that yeah. um, so even if you're you're in it for the money which I think is the wrong reason to be in this this job there's not, not, yeah. not a lot of money in it <laughs> you're definitely barking up the wrong yeah. tree you're better off probably selling chocolate fire guards than, yeah. you are, uh, than, oh, than you yeah. are than you are being as a PT for money however we've all got to pay our bills yeah. but if the, the money is the priority it's going to be a very short love, short-lived yeah. job. Mm. If you're working on that quality, the culture, all the things we, we, we've mentioned, you get good enough at it, people will talk about you. And the beauty sure. of small group stuff, you've now got, I have, well, I say small group, I, I have eight people in my, in my group max, but I've now got eight billboards yeah. who go and speak to 20 people a day. And every session I deliver, I've got eight people tagging themselves on that that's massive for my yeah. my brand within within what is a very very small community yeah, yeah. so it doesn't take long for me to become the person to go to in my area so although the population's tiny i i kind of i, I set myself up as i am the man to go to if, sure. you, if you need help physically in in the area i think one of the things you said as well right at the start of that was uh, is hugely important it's what i've really picked up on from this weekend was the nuances of being able to read people and one of the things I've picked up from a course I did last week on the nervous system, and a lot of people are, are talking about it today, but the label of like putting the client before the exercise. Yeah. So a lot of coaches, they do their program where they, you know, that we were talking about this earlier on. When I started out here, it was I had a, I had a go-to first kind of session 
slight structure where we'll do a squat, we'll do a hinge, we'll do this, we'll do that. But it was a barbell. It was a it was a um, two two bar- barbell squat and a barbell hinge. And then what I started to realize was that's a bit too high load for some people. So let's just strip it back. We stripped it right back down to quite a basic exercise. And uh, I think what a lot of coaches do, I slowly went from that low load, realized, right, the next program I'll do the barbell squat. Well, actually, you found that very tough. So let's, let's add another program in here before we go to the barbell squat. And then you're yeah. still finding that tough. So, right, let's, not, let's put another program in. Let's do another month before we go here. Now I've got, like, well, you're not quite ready to go to this squat. Whereas before, I would have gone straight in because, in my mind, the squat is the one. So putting the exercise first before the client where you're just right, this is a squat, you're not going deep enough. Yeah. Deeper. Lower. Ah oh, my back's hurting. Boom. All right, let's stretch. Yeah. Go deeper again. Right, let's stretch. Go deeper again. Right now you got it. Right, let's load it up. Um I think there's a few coaches in the world who maybe well, I see them. They put the exercise first. You know, yeah, it's massively. It's there's more than a few. There's <laughs> most yeah, most. <laughs> That's why most fail. Yeah. Because they 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 operate using methods, not principles. Yeah. Something I talked about in my in my lecture this morning. So say so yeah, the method would be you want to get stronger legs, or you want to be more powerful, uh, explosive lower body uh, movement. So you're going to do a back squat. That's the method. Whereas if you operate in methods, it's the equivalent to throwing shit at the wall and hoping something sticks. Yeah. Pretty much. Most people aren't going to be ready. Their, their, their physical literacy, the way their body moves, their, their competencies won't be ready to go into a, a back squat, which is essentially is a very neurologically, physiologically demanding yeah. mm. movement, especially if you've got a, a fair bit of load on there. Whereas when you operate um, by using principles, so my principles for, 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 that, for that example would be start off with the, the body squat body weight squat going back to what I said about slow to fast simple to complex unloaded to loaded can you perform a very good body weight squat yes or no if it's no well then we're going to work on is it a flexibility issue is it a mobility issue is it a, a strength issue like trunk core strength to hold your, your, your body upright and we're going to work on that it might be boring but we're going to do that and then we progress to level 2 of my spectrum of principles level 2 might be a, a goblet squat yeah. then I might or it might be a I might there might be a TRX assisted squat in there somewhere it might be a box squat it might there's there's no there's no right or wrong really yeah. it's just each of us will have a different view on it but sure. we'll go through my principles of level one level two level three level four level five and then if you can do all of that then you do the the back squat yeah but you earn the right to progress mm. and you never just go straight to level six because your mate did or you saw yeah. it on instagram you saw it on facebook which or because is you came in asking for it exactly oh, dude, yeah. i want to be able to i have, I have yeah. a couple yeah. of clients who like man. i want to do some cleans yeah I'm like, mate, you, you can't even you can't even hold a bar in front of your on, on your front of your shoulder, like in standing. You haven't got the shoulder, the wrist. You haven't got anything. To, like, we can't do that yet. Yeah. Okay. Two weeks later, so what are you gonna do on the next program? We're gonna do. I'm like, mate, come on, like, don't do this to me. Yeah. Don't don't make me this guy. Yeah. Don't make me. This guy's gonna break your heart. I've already broken your heart once. We can't do this exercise. Yeah. We've got a long way to go. Yeah. Okay. 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 And then eventually, you know, it sinks in. And it goes in. Um, but I've noticed that. Uh, that's that's a that's a big feature now, and it's it's. But I've I don't know if I've been consciously doing it, but the, the, just to have that in my mind now, because the course I was on was a uh, neurophysiology course, a brain-based fitness course, and they talked about putting the client ahead of the exercise. Yeah. And then all last week in the gym, I was like listening to the certain coaches, I was watching them. I was like, oh, you're you're not doing that. You're putting that squat ahead of mm. what that you know that woman can do. She, I wouldn't do that, but. The CrossFit guys, you know, you're jumping over a box. You need to put two feet on the box before you jump down. Yeah. It's like, okay, exercise above the client. Yeah. You're not doing this with your uh, with your wall ball, or you're not tipping the floor with your yeah. crunch to tip the thing with the thing. It's like, okay, exercise above the client. Yeah. You're breaking people. Yeah. Like massively, you're breaking people. Yeah. You're not doing it now, and you might, you're you're setting them up. They, I think a lot of people get away with. The, the client begins to know that something's not right with a, with a coach they just they sense that this isn't right for me and then they disappear and then the injury happens because mm-hmm. now they, they lose whatever conditioning that they get they had they go out playing with their kids and backs go knees go yeah. and it's not necessarily a result of that coach's exercise in the gym but it was the coach was stressing structures that gave away six months nine months later mm-hmm. um it's like cavities in the joint the thing that charles poliquin always i remember him saying on a course once 
we just talked about it's like not brushing your teeth well do you yeah, know yeah. these yeah. constant little movement dysfunctions over time it's like having cavities in your joints and then when you are like just doing something like bending down to pick up the washing do you yeah. know that's when it goes and that's when it happens you know yeah. and you blame me like oh I don't know what happened it's like well it was the two years with your dickhead personal yeah, exactly. it's the, 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 you know? the straw that breaks the camel's back <laughs> isn't yeah. it it just it, it, it just it just it just plugs away plugs away it builds and builds and builds and then the most innocuous of things opening a jam jar yep. sweeping the yard yep. like bending down to pick up a, a child or something like that and all I did was yeah. I only bent down and picked up my keys and my back went like, yep. well, it's got nothing to do with bending down to pick up your keys it's the the last six years yep. where you've been sat hunched over your desk all day and going and doing a hundred kilo snatches because yep. you because you saw it on YouTube or something like that so what sure. advice would you have for a client a general public like what if they're not trusting, I read a thing recently that said it was uh, it's Malcolm Gladwell's book Blink, and it talks it talks about thin slicing characters like when you go with your gut instinct. Yeah. Uh, but one of the, his closing paragraphs in the section of the book was if you go to a doctor and the doctor you don't feel like the doctor's not listening to you they're just re- saying something rehearsed and they're just giving you information that you think they have been told to give you rather than them understanding you is like you are correct leave that doctor go see another doctor you have thin sliced his character and your gut go with your gut basically mm-hmm. that, is, that is a very very good question I would um, first thing I would, I would say to that is I would get them whatever it is they're doing with their personal trainer I would encourage them to be as awkward as possible and to ask why um, I used to have an employer who used to have a, a, um, a, a principle where he would ask you the question why five times and if you couldn't answer it all five times with a different answer then he'd say why the fuck are you doing whatever it is you're doing yeah. so you have to have that level of depth of understanding what of an example why that be? so an example let's say um, let's say if I've, I've, I've put a program together and there's um, press ups in there you say well why are you doing press ups uh, because it's circuits, you got to have you got to have press ups in a circuit class, mm-hmm. you idiot. Like, or uh, well, uh, just because, or like, Jimmy, if they if they can't if they can't give you the reasons, so well, actually, my reasons for doing a push up are you've expressed an interest to get better at tennis. So I know for tennis, you need to improve your shoulder stability when with the impact of the racket. So so first first thing is I'm trying to just build up a little bit of stability with a, with your body weight load on a on a surface to to stabilize the shoulder. Why? Um, Exactly. <laughs> then, and then maybe uh, summer's coming up. You you want your chest to get a bit bigger and the triceps. So we're just going to try and target. We're gonna we're gonna use a certain grip to target the triceps a bit more um, because we want to improve your your punching strength when you go to boxer size. Um, we're gonna do this with your feet we're going to widen the stance of the feet because I want to kind of give you a slightly more stable platform because when your feet were narrow you were losing the balance I want you to keep your elbows tucked in because I think it's a little bit safer for the the shoulders a little bit happier as it's coming in nice the elbow comes in towards the ribs as opposed to a big wide position where mm. the, the shoulders away from, from the joint so just various little reasons like that like well, why am I doing press up why sack the jugglers so yeah does that kind of make sense so kind of yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you've yeah, got like, like a, if, so if, I, if I'm doing a push I'm not just doing anything for the sake of it everything has got a reason why sure. so when I design and I, I'm, I've been a bit of a dick in the past where say my, uh, my, my partner had been to a new gym was opening and they were doing a, a boot camp in the park to try and raise awareness and her company had supplied the equipment for the gym so she went along to help out and I was like, oh, you're going to do a boot camp, are you? Okay, cool. Well, um, when she got home, I was like, so what did you do? And she's like, well, we did uh, burpees. And I was like, okay, squat pattern. Then we did squat jumps. I was like, okay, knee dominant, squat pattern. She's like, then we did uh, then we did mountain climbers. I was like, okay, still squat pattern, knee dominant. Mm. Uh, she's like, then we did, we did um, star jumps. I'm like, okay, kind of not a great knee bend but yeah. still a knee dominant squat pattern just in a, a frontal plane she's like uh, then we did some push ups uh, then we did some crunches and then we did some tuck jumps or something so I'm like well, okay cool so I'm being a bit of a dick here but out of let's say I can't remember the exact ex- exercises but I was like let's say out of 10 exercises there was 7 of them were, was a, were a knee dominant um, yeah. movement concentrating on the, the quads and then there was a couple of stationary planking movements and then there was a, the, the push-up that you have to have apparently in a, any form of circuit or boot camp class and she was like yeah what's wrong with that I was like well 
where's the hip hinge for a start like we sit down we sit on the toilet sit in a chair sit in the car sit at a desk we're already doing too much knee dominant yeah. quad dominant movements if I want to make you better at anything I want to kind of concentrate on the posterior chain can I get the glutes and the hamstrings activated where's the hip hinge where's the, the push pull the rotate uh, where, like there's, there's not a there's not a wide enough spectrum of exercises it looks like someone has just gone through an exercise directory and said right for this session I'm going to choose this 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 like yeah. you're picking balls out for a lottery <laughs> number yeah. 73 ooh squat jumps brilliant yeah. number 24 burpees yeah, yeah. brilliant that's exactly that's happened it, it does it happens with decks massively. of cards I see, I see some classes in gyms where they have a deck they'll have a, a list of exercises correlating to a, a certain whatever number or whatever and they'll pull out a deck of cards what is it yeah. oh there you go five that means burpees yeah. whatever off you go and yeah, then yeah. it's just random and uh, yeah. you know, I've, I, I've delivered sessions like that because you can make them really fun but I'll make sure that the list of exercises on the board there might be two knee dominant two yeah. hip yeah, dominant yeah, yeah, yeah. two pushes two pulls two rotations and then maybe two isometric static holes or something like that so when somebody's gone through and they've done the whole workout they still go out the door having ticked all yeah. of the boxes of the movement patterns that the, the body's capable of might be being a little bit pedantic about it but okay, if I was talking to that person who planned that session I said why have you chosen these exercises I will imagine the answer would usually be well just because because yeah. I felt like it yeah. that's, that's not deep enough if you <laughs> ask me why I've chosen the exercises for mine I can give you hopefully five reasons why yeah. based on the principles the level the person's at have they earned the right to progress and then the different techniques of the hand position the foot position the head position will be there'll be a reason for it for that person what else would you say then what else should a client kind of be thinking when they're starting with a trainer um, I, I would I wouldn't the, the term window shopping is very popular obviously so if we're going to buy a pair of shoes very often or let's say you're going to go and buy a car a high ticket item like a car it's very very unrealistic to walk into a garage have a look at a car not even test drive it and then just say alright here's 20 grand I'll take it I'll keep it for the next 6-7 years you might go and have a chat with the salesman, see if you like them. Do you like people buy from people they like and people they trust? So if you don't like someone, you don't trust them, don't give them your money. Mm. Um, but the only way to find that out is by getting to know them. Ask to meet them for a coffee. It's like I offer to meet my potential clients for a coffee, to have a chat, to give them the chance to know me, to like me, to trust me. So I'd say from the client's point of view, ask, to, ask for a meeting to, to meet. Will they, will they give you some of their time without charging you just to show that they they care about you if they say no that's, that's probably not the right person you want to work with because they, they have, they've got off on the wrong foot plus then you get to spend a bit of time with them do you like them do you got to spend a lot of time with them they're going to be asking you to do lots of horrible things yeah. if you don't like them yeah there's a fair chance that that relationship is going to break down sooner rather than later um and also i would i would go and find out i would go and do the same with three four five different people sit and make like a a SWOT analysis make it like a business decision what are the strengths and weaknesses of each one like what 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 was my gut feeling what's my head saying what's my heart saying and then look at every look at all of the um like the other little conveniences the price would be a a minimal factor but Mm. you get what you pay for like we, we can all afford to pay 100 pounds for a pt session if it's worth it yeah so that if we look at the cost that's one thing but what's the value what's the value if the value is well you're going to run that 10k in under 40 minutes which you're desperate to do or you might live a little bit longer so you might see your kids grow up at another an extreme that's worth 100 pound a session as opposed to 60 pound a session because the value of it is massive of course if you only look at the cost of what you're getting so i suppose my third point would be look at the the value of what you get as opposed to the cost Mm -hmm. cost of what it is you only know the value by speaking to the person and doing your research and your background I wouldn't just believe what they say on their website or what they show on their social media because people are only going to show all the good stuff can you find any of their clients have a look on their social media see the people they've tagged send them a message what's he like yeah interesting actually actually, he was really good but then he he really screwed me over I missed one session and he charged me for it and we fell out over it and he acted a bit like a bit of a dick I've had a few clients who have said that about their old trainers and they just they 
the money was more important. They had been with them for years and they just fucked them over financially, some yeah. form or another. And it's like, Jesus Christ. You know, particularly when you are in a small town or something, and word yeah. spreads, man. Oh, particularly you, in the you fitness need your industry. reputation is, is quite key. a small town as well. Yeah, for sure. It's a big population, but it's very clicky yeah. with the with the yeah, cultures yeah. and the communities. Yeah. I had a girl come to me telling me she, uh, well, actually, her boyfriend rang me, who I know, just saying, "Look, can you maybe look after her? The guy that's training her is still his friend, his other friend, but he's showing up in his clothes from the night before to sessions first thing Christ. in the morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah, amongst other things. But like that was the one where she just went here." I'm done with this guy. Like, she was new to Dubai. She'd done a couple of months and whatever. Yeah. So uh, she came with me. Just, yeah. All sorts of things. That's a good idea, though. It's kind of, you know, reach yeah. out to a trainer's clients. Yeah. Um, Personal trainers listening to this will probably be like, shit, you can't do that. You can't mm, tell them to wait, do what? that. What? But let's, if, <laughs> if we want the industry to get better, yeah. we've all got to up our game. Yeah. And if the only people that should be worried about that idea are the people who are cutting corners, yeah. doing things unethically or who don't care about their clients enough I know if I'm like if you boys went and tracked down any of my clients and spoke to them behind my back and said what's he like but what's he really like we see what he says on paper but what's he what's it really like I'd, I wouldn't give a shit because I'd be confident that yeah, that's, that's your brand isn't it we had a, we had a exactly. branding meeting with someone very recently and they were like your brand should be what people say about you behind your back massively yep. massively and that was it that's, yeah. that, that rang true for me I was like oh yeah okay yeah all right Bunch of dickheads. Yeah. Bunch of dickheads. <laughs> Lazy bastards. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Mark, where can people get a hold of you? I know you're under pressure for time now. Where can they okay, so it's very simple. My, my website is marklaws.co.uk, which is just M-A-R-K-L-A-W-S. Uh, you can email me, mark at marklaws.co.uk. Uh, Facebook and Instagram are probably the two main social media forms that I use. Um, and I'm just mark, at marklaws2011. Um, not because I set them up in 2011 because I was that retarded to join the, <laughs> the social media game. My birthday is 20th of November, so it's my date of right. birth, 2011. Makes so sense. yeah, at Mark Laws, 2011, uh, and you can argue with me about any of these points. I love it when people challenge me. Like, there's another principle that I learned from my time in elite sport was when we were taught to try and disprove everything we thought we knew. Yeah. So if I wrote a program or a session or whatever it was, I had to go away and try and dis- disprove what I had put together. Like, was there, was there, is, there a, is there a better way? Is there a more scientifically proven way? Is, yeah, there, sure. is there a more efficient way? And initially, it becomes very, very easy to discredit and disprove all of your work. Of course. But the more you do it, the more it forces you to, to, to focus on yeah. and to polish, to, to sharpen your saw, as it were, and, and to improve and to evolve. Stuff changes all the time. Yeah. If you stand still, you move backwards. So I love it if people come and say, I heard you say this. Yes, I do think you're a dickhead and I'd like to challenge you <laughs> on, on X, Y, or Z. Brilliant. So I can then go away and say, all right, let's, I'll see if I can take that on board, yeah. analyze it. If the person turns out to be right, I say, okay, look, I hold my hands up. I now I've, I've learned something and I'll tweak, tweak sure. the way I operate. Yeah, yeah it's good practice. If I'm, right, if I'm right, I'll call him a dickhead. Yeah, fuck it. There you go. Bastard. All right, good stuff. All right, well, uh, awesome, guys, next Thanks time you're back in the body, no, next time you're back, give us a shout and we'll, uh, yeah. we'll do it again. We'll catch yeah, up. Yeah, hopefully I'll be back kind of in the new year, January, February, March. I'm hoping to come back and uh, awesome. do some workshops. So Perfect. I'll come Perfect. and plug those. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Let us know. Cool. Thanks, Mark. No, guys, thank you. Bye. See you guys.